Hey, well, I'm glad to be with you guys again. This is about my fourth time to be here. And uh, I'm from Greenville, South Carolina, and an instructor with Walk Through the Bible. So glad that you've come. If you've never been through anything like this before, I hope you'll be in for a real treat. This morning, we're going to walk through the book of Genesis. So by the end of the day, you'll know all of the book of Genesis. How many of you have come through one of our seminars before? Let me see your hands. How many of you have never been to one before? Let me see your hand. Ah, lots of rookies here. Good. We'll have fun with you. Well, my other job, except for being an instructor with Walk Through the Bible, is I'm a founding pastor of a church in Greenville, South Carolina called Bridgeway Church. It's now merged with another church in our city. It worked out a great deal. I'll tell you about that story later this afternoon. But one of my new roles in that church now is I'm in charge of senior adults. I didn't even know I was one until I looked in the mirror and said, yeah, you are one now. I mean, these are your people. How many of you are over 55? Let me see your hands. You'd be in my group. See, if you were in my church, you'd be in my group. And we'd have a lot of fun together. We met last week for the first time. Had about 120, you know, seniors show up, and we just had so much fun. And I think I'm going to enjoy this part of ministry. But one guy, real old guy, like upper 80s, came to me and talked to me afterwards and said, you know, things are a lot different than they used to be. And I said, yeah, I know that's true. He says, when I was young... You could go to the store. A mother would send me with $2. I'd get a gallon of milk, a loaf of bread, and a dozen eggs. Can't do that anymore. I said, I know that's true. He says, yeah, too many surveillance cameras. <laughs> Can't do that anymore for sure. Well, we're going to have a great time together today. And the reason we call this a walk through the Bible seminar is because we're going to actually take a walk through the room. I'm going to turn this room into a giant map of the Middle East. You may be sitting in a body of water, or you may be sitting in a country, or you may be sitting in a city, or, and you'll be in different parts, and I'll show you that as we get going on it. But before we do, let's just get rolling here and get into our walk through the Old Testament seminar. Now, for many people, oops, that was the wrong button. Let's push this button. There we go. For many people, the stories you know in the Bible are like pieces of a puzzle. My wife likes to do puzzles, and when she throws them out on the card table there, uh, she begins to put a little bit more in. It takes a long time. By the end, it looks like a beautiful thing, but at the beginning, it's just a mess. You don't know what pieces go where, and so that might be true for you about Bible stories. You've heard of Moses, and you've heard of David, and Samuel, and Matthew, and Paul, and Zechariah, but where do they, how do they fit together? And that's understandable. We're going to give you a grid for that today. So you'll be able to see all the major books of the Old Testament, how they work together. And here's how we're going to do it. First of all, we're going to focus simply on the Old Testament. Now, how many books are there in the Old Testament? Say that with me out loud. There are six. Somebody said six. Sixty. Okay, let me show you, if you don't know this, an easy way to remember it. How many letters are there in the word old? Yeah, that's pretty good. There are three. How many letters are there in the word testament? Count them. There are nine. So how many books are there in the Old Testament? Thirty-nine. That's exactly right. We're going to go through those today. Now, in the New Testament, it doesn't work out quite so well. How many letters are there in the word new? Yeah, there are still three. Uh, And how many are in testament? There's still nine. So we're going to say three times nine. Equals how many books we have in the New Testament, which is 27. Okay, for a grand total of 66 books, we're going to focus on those 39 today and work through them. Now, here's some goals we have for our seminar. W is to walk you through the major people and places and events in the Old Testament. 
A, we're going to arrange them for you and how they fit in chronological order. Makes sense to you. L, we're going to locate the major movements of how God chose people from back here and he moved them up to here and brought them down into this part of our room in Israel. And so we'll move the people around and show you how it all moved. And then K, know the key words for the Old Testament books of history. I'm going to show you a cartoon picture that will show you something by the image on that cartoon, which will give you the name of the book and the theme of the book. And we'll get to those in a little bit later. T, we're going to tie together the structure. Not so this piece is out here hanging and this piece is hanging and you don't know how that piece hangs at all. For example, to learn the book of Genesis, it's 50 chapters. All you got to know if you want to learn the book of Genesis is this. Four main events, four main people. How many chapters in Genesis? 50. Okay. How many, how many events are there? Main events? How many groups of people are there? Four. So if you know that, you know the book. That shows you how we kind of do this a little bit, how we tie together the structure. H, you want to hear about some of the tools we have that walk through the Bible, which will help you in future Bible study as well. R, which I really hope happens, and that is to rekindle your desire to read God's Word and study and pray on a daily basis. I saw an older guy walk into the first service. He's older because I know he would be in my group if he was in my church. And he had a daily walk Bible, one of the Bibles that we sell. And it was dog-eared. Pages were folded over. It was hanging out. And I looked at him, and I, I, I put my arm around this guy and said, Great job! And he said, What? I said, You've torn up your Bible. You've worn it out. I like seeing that. And he said, yeah, I, I, it, you could just tell this guy had devoured it over and over and over and over. I hope I'll rekindle your desire to see that happen for you. And then you, to understand some life-changing applications. We'll be going at breakneck speed. We'll this will be like a freeway. Following me is like going down a freeway. But every now and then, we'll get off the freeway at a rest stop, and we'll just stop. And we'll make some applications about your life and my life. And so that's where we're going to be headed. How do the books fit together? They fit together in three sections. You don't have to take notes on this. It'll be in your notebooks this afternoon when you come to the seminar. You can fill it in then. If you don't come, shame on you. But uh, up here, I'll teach you this part now so at least you will know it. Okay? So there are three main sections of the 39 books of the Old Testament. So the Old Testament is in how many sections? Okay, over here on the right side, we have our first ones, and they're called the books of what? History. And there are 17 of them. 17 books of history, okay? Now, that's the whole story of the Old Testament. Once you learn that, you've got the story. All the other books fit into the story. That middle section of the book is called poetry. Say that with me. They're called poetry, and there are only five of them. The last sections of books are called the books of what? Prophecy, and there are 17 of them. So over here, you've got the story, history. Over here, you've got what? Poetry. And over here, you have what? Prophecy. Okay, now, let me show you some other things. It's true about that. Uh, over here on the left, you see that that little first, the, the, the 17 books are split into two sections. The first five books are called the Pentateuch. So the first five are called Penta, based on five, meaning like Penta, like Pentagon, things like that. Penta, five-sided object, five. And the word Tuk means, well, like a Tuke. So we got five Tukes here. We got the Tuke of Genesis, the Tuke of Exodus, and the Tuke of Leviticus. And the Tuk was a roll or a scroll of Scripture, okay? So the first five scrolls were called the what? Pentateuch. The last 12 books have a very technical name, the other historical books. And there are 12 of them. But that's the whole story. Once you learn Genesis through Esther, that's the story of the Old Testament. 
All the other books, watch, look look here on the stage with me. All the books of poetry here, they fit into the story. All the books of prophecy over here, all 17 of them, the five major and the 12 minor, they all fit into the story. And so that's how the structure fits together. Now, the first five are called major, and the last 12 are called minor. Why are they called minor? Because everybody that wrote them were under 18. Just young kids. No, 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 no. That's not true at all. They're short books. You can read them really fast. One chapter, two chapter, three chapter. Major prophets mean like Isaiah, 66 chapters. Jeremiah, 52 chapters. Jonah, four. You know, some of them, one. And that's why they're short books, and they're called minor, okay? So there's the books of the Old Testament, 39, 27, and for a total of 66. Now, we're going to turn this room into a map of the Middle East, And these are all the major things that you'll need to know geographically. You'll see some bodies of water. You'll see some countries. You'll see some areas that are here. And I'm going to put that in the room. Now, in the room, imagine that I'm standing today about uh, where Haran is. See that? That's going to be me. I'm going to be at the north. That means that's going to be in the south. Over here will be in the east. And this will be the West. Okay. So in the room, just imagine that you're sitting in the room like that. Now we're going to lay it down on the ground and I'm here in the north and you guys back there are way back in the south. And we're going to put that map in the room. I'm going to walk through the room and point out to you what happened from the Bible in that particular area. That's why we call it walk through the Bible. So that's where we're headed, and that's where we're going. Now, I told you we'd show you some cartoons. It'll show you the key words of the main books of the historical books, and we'll show you all the books by the end of the day. Let me just show you a couple to show you what we'll do. Here's the first one. The book we'll be talking about this morning is the book of Genesis. Now, what stands out in the word Genesis? What letter? The letter N. Is it small or big? It's big. It's the book of big innings. Big N. Big N. You get that? Big N. It finally dawned on some of you. The sun is rising there. Uh, It's the book of beginnings. The beginnings of what? It's the beginnings of the human race, chapters 1 through 11. It's the beginning of the Hebrew people, chapters 12 through 50. It's about the beginning of everything we see and know around us in the world today. And it's all about beginnings. So say Genesis. And what's the key theme of the book of Genesis? Beginnings, okay? The second book is called the book of Exodus. The key word is the what? This word right here, exit. Exit from where? It's after the children of Israel were in bondage in Egypt. They're going to leave Egypt, and they're going to come back to the promised land, and it's about that journey, leaving Egypt, like you see the exit signs around the room that are here today. It means leave this building. If there's trouble or a fire or something, you will take off out that door. So it was leaving Egypt. Why did the people look so sad? They had to leave their mummies and their daddies who were there, but the key word of Exodus is exit, okay? Now, Section we're going to look at this, this morning, and then first thing in our seminar this afternoon is the Pentateuch. Because the time you learn that, you learn 43 of the 77 steps all the way through the Old Testament story. So it's more than half of the story is found in the first five books. Matter of fact, all you got to know is four main events and four main people. Remember that? We're going to teach you what those events are and who those people are here in just a minute. But we're going to focus on those this morning, and we'll do the book of Genesis. So we're going to start... The first book of history, and that is the book of Genesis. So the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So right now, I need you to put your Bibles beside you or on the floor or something. Get your hands available. Put your cell phones in your purse, your pocket, or throw them out the door or something and not not have those. And just have your hands available for me here because we're going to do things with our hands to help us remember. I grew up in a 
in a kid's in a Sunday school class in Dallas, Texas, and we learned this by my teachers doing this to me. They would say, "Here is the church, and here is the y'all went. To, were y'all in my church? Were y'all in my class?" And open the door, and who's in there? Here are the people. How many of you have never heard that? Let me see your hands. Oh, I'm so sorry you missed out on the great truth of America like this. And many of you, how about, how about this one? Do you remember this one when you were a kid in school? The Incy Bitsy Spider. Okay, he climbed up the spout and up came. Okay, well, we're not going to do that one anymore. But you can see how some of you hadn't thought about that thing that I just showed you there in 45 years. Some of you, 60 years, you hadn't thought about that before. But I went like that. And, oh, I remember that. So we found that this works. So we're going to review. We're going to learn some stuff with our hands. So we're going to do the first four events by putting our hands together just like this. And we're going to make a circle of a head over our head and say the word creation. Here we go. Ready? Creation. Pretty good. Some of you have a little skinny world like that. But <laughs> we're going to make a little circle again and say it. Creation. So God created man and woman and put them in the Garden of Eden. And then, as you heard about earlier from the pastors talking here, that sin entered into the world. Because uh, Eve gave Adam that apple, that fruit, and he ate of it. And then when he was confronted by God, he said, you know, she did it. She gave it to me. And she said, well, is that serpent? He gave it to me. I said, man, they've got the same sickness that my children had, you know, when they were little. They, all, they acted the exact same way. Who did that? Well, he, my brother did it. Aaron was saying, no, no, it was Adam that did it. Adam, I, I, they're great at doing the very same thing, passing the blame and sinning into the world. The Bible says, whereas by one man, Adam, sin entered the world and death by sin so that all have sin. So the story of the Bible is what is gonna, God going to do because of the sin problem we all have? Believe you me, if you don't think we have a sin problem, have children. <laughs> and you'll see we have a sin problem really fast. I never had to teach any of my three kids how to lie, how to steal, how to fight, how to cheat, how to cuss, how, you name it. I didn't have to teach them any of that. Boy, they did it. Can you imagine when my kids were like five and three, I got my little five-year-olds, okay, Aaron, do this. Make a fist, and here's what you're going to do. When you, if enough force, you can hit your little brother right in the face. You can knock him out, and uh, it's going to be great. And I tell Adam, here's how you defend yourself and get ready to put your fist back in. I didn't have to teach them that, but they're always fighting. I'm always pulling them apart, you know, and trying to separate them. Kids come out because we all have a sin problem. What's God going to do because of sin? We call that sin the fall of man. So put your hands like this and say, creation. Drop your hands and say, fall. Well, the Bible says that the wickedness of man became worse and worse and worse so that God looked down and said, I'm going to destroy the world because of all the sin that's there. And I'm going to start over, and I'm going to start fresh. And he did that with one man whose name was Noah and his eight members of his family that got on this ark. And the floods came and destroyed everything on planet Earth. Now, since that point in time, for all the Hebrew people, they've considered the storm-tossed sea, thunderstorms, tornadoes, uh, hurricanes like that. They considered water to be associated with chaos. And the story of the Bible is how is God going to bring his shalom, his peace, to chaos, not simply in the world, but to the chaos of the human heart. Because there's turmoil and things that, that are in our lives that are just struggling in our hearts and lives and sin, sinful habits and addictions and things like that. There's chaos that's there. How is God going to storm, still that storm, and bring his shalom to the chaos of our lives? That's the story of the Bible. 
So that flood came and destroyed everything. Put your hands like this and raise it like that and say flood. Flood. What's the first three events in the book of Genesis? Creation. What's this? Fall and then flood. After they came off that ark, God said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And looking out here at you guys today, I'd say we did a pretty good job of obeying that command, did we not? We've got about 7 billion people now on this planet. And they've spread out all over the earth. So we're going to say that. We're going to put our hands like this and say, nations, nations, spread out and make nations. And so that's the first four events. Now let's see if you can say those things together with me. Here we go. Ready? Creation, fall, flood, nations. Okay, let's see. Stand up with me now. And just get in a little small group around you of two, three, or four people. And I want the person to do this first that has the most hair on their head. Some of you are going to go last, I can tell. And just go around. Do that one at a time till you get it right. Do the first four things. <clears throat> Have a seat when you got it. Everybody's done it once. Okay, all I said you got to know out of the book of Genesis is there are 50 chapters. You got to know four events and you got to know four people. Okay, you just learned the four events. What are the four events? Creation, fall, the flood, and spreading out to make nations. Now, at first they didn't want to spread out and make nations. Remember they built that tower of Babel that was there and God confounded their language, which means they had to spread out because they couldn't understand anybody anymore. And so they spread out with language groups, and they've spread out to make nations. And so that's what's going on to start the story. Now, whenever I use a time period today, I want you to make a parenthesis sign like this with your hands. And I want you to stretch it out. This is a short amount of time, medium. This is the longest time we'll do. So stretch it out now and say 4,000 years. 4,000 years. This is how long ago the story starts. Now God looks down after the world has been cleansed again. People have been to multiply again. He's going to start over. And he's going to, this time, he's going to find one man. He's going to call this man. And this man is going to be the father of the, of the Jewish people, of the Hebrew people. And he's going to call him. And he's going to call his family to leave a place where he was and journey to this new land, which he said, I will give you. And it will be a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, I'm, I'm going to show you where that was because that started in a place way down in the southeast section of our room. And it was a city. It was called Ur. They had about a quarter of a million people that lived in this city. They were polytheistic. They worshiped many, many gods. And so I'm going to get you a person to become Ur for me right about. Oh, how about, sir, would you stand for me right there in the white shirt? Right there. What is your name? Bob. Bob? You're going to be Ur, okay? You got that? What is your name now? What? No, your name is Bob. I mean, you're going <laughs> to. I mean, not that serious, but Bob, but. Bob is going to be Ur. So we, we, we look at Bob for the rest of the day. We're going to point to him and say, what? Ur. Now, Ur was right in front of a body of water. And this body of water was behind him here. And it was called the Persian Gulf. Now, if you dipped your finger in the Persian Gulf, what would it taste like? Somebody said oil. <laughs> Some of you know. It's, there's oil all around the Persian Gulf today. But it's a saltwater body of water. So let me put some salt into Let me get through here. Thank you. Thank you, guys, so much. All right, let's get the Persian Gulf out here. Persian Gulf, when I point to you, you just stand up. I'm going to put a line right straight through here. Okay, you guys here all stand up for me, everybody in here. And I'm going to put a line right here. 
And you guys all here stand up. All back there too. Come on. Everybody at the back there. All right, this is the section that's going to be the Persian Gulf. So we're going to circle these guys and say Persian Gulf. Ready? Persian Gulf. Now, there were two rivers that came out of the Persian Gulf. Ur was the city sitting right at the northern part of the, of the Persian Gulf. There were two rivers that came out. The first river was called the Tigris River. So let's put the Tigris River. You go here, sir, sir, ma'am, sir. Stand up. Just stand up, stand up when I touch you. Here, 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 and here. Okay, this is the river that came to the, to the it flowed right out of the Persian Gulf. What was it called? Tigris. There was another one that flowed out of the of the southern part, and it was called the Euphrates. So if you'll stand up for me now, ma'am, here, yeah, here, that's good. Here, sir, would you stand up for me, ma'am? In the orange, right here, sir, right there, sir, would you stand up? And the checkered, and the white, and the blue, and the sweet little girl of the pink. You get to stand on the chair. Stand up on the chair. Stand up on the chair. You can stand all the way up if you want. You don't have to. You can if you'd like to. Yeah. And so that is the, this is the Euphrates. So put your hands here and say, Euphrates. What's this one? Tigris. What's the city where Bob is? Ur. Ur. Yeah. And what city was, what, what, what uh, body of water was it in front of? Persian Gulf. Okay, you guys have a seat. Now, I'll point to those things from the stage. You just point to them back here, and let's continue the story. Here we go. Do the 4,000 years. 4,000 years. Er, and then to make Persian Gulf, let's just do this. Let's just make the circle like that and say Persian Gulf. Now dip your finger in the Persian Gulf. Dip it in. Put it to your tongue. And remember it tastes like salt. Now that will help you remember the people that God called to leave there. And the A is Abraham. He's the first main character in the four. But his wife's name was Sarah, and it's a good thing that she's first because her name starts with S and it spells salt, and it works out really good. So we're going to say Sarah, Abraham, put your fingers up, come on, Sarah, Abraham, and his nephew left named Lot, Lot, and his father left named Terah, Terah. So these four people left Ur, and they joined, uh, they went on a journey between those two rivers, and they're going to come all the way up into this land of Israel, which is going to be right here in our room. So that starts the movement. Now, I said there's four guys you got to know. I'm going to sneak and tell you the, who the four are, and I'll go back and teach it to you and give you the hand signs that go along with it. Because you already know the four main events, creation, fall, flood, nations. The four people are Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Say those names with me. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. So you know four people. You know four events. You know the 50 chapters of the book of Genesis. Let's just stand up and let's try the creation stuff all the way through the part we've learned so far. Here we go. (sighs) Okay, here we go. Creation, fall, flood, nations. How long ago? 4,000 years. Ur, Persian Gulf, fall. Sarah, Abraham. Now say the rivers. Tigris, Euphrates. Now point right here and say, remember on our map we showed you Haran? Say there, Haran. Put your hand here and say, Terah dies. Terah dies. That's Abraham's father. Okay, have a seat. Let me tell you the story of how God called Abraham. This is pretty cool. Now remember, uh, Ur was polytheistic, many, many gods. God one day, Yahweh God, spoke to Abraham and said, Abraham, Abraham. Now imagine the first question he said was, which God are you? I am the, the, the I am. I am the God of gods. Oh, and he said, if you'll leave three things, I'll give you three things. What do I need to leave, God? If you'll leave your family, if you'll leave your kindred uh, people that are here, if you'll leave your country, I'll give you three things. Well, what, what will you give me? 
Oh, I'll give you a land. I'll give you a beautiful land. I'll make your descendants as many as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. I'll give you an offspring son, which he had no children. My wife can't have children. Uh, uh, I can take care of that for you. I'll give you an offspring son. Not only that, I will make your people a blessing to the world. Wow. So he went home and told this to Sarah. I cannot imagine going home to my wife, Becky, when I get home tomorrow and say, Hey, Becky. Yeah, pack the U-Haul. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where are we going? I don't know. But God spoke to me and said, Get in it and drive west. She would look at me like I was crazy. But you know what's beautiful about the story? The Bible says they did it by faith. He's called the father of faith. And he obeyed God. You know what's been true? I found this to be true in life. Most likely you get to the promised land when you start walking toward it. So whatever it is you're seeking for, a warning in your life, and you're just standing still and just kind of block. Well, where's God? How come I don't ever, well, I don't ever see him answer my prayer? I don't ever see him to. Maybe when you start walking toward it, your promised land will become visible to you. And that's something Abraham did by faith, and it's an amazing story of faith. So we're going to say Sarah, Abraham, Lot, and Terah. And then what's the rivers? Tigris, because they had to stay close to the waterways. And then they got up to Haran, and who dies? Oh, Abraham's father. Remember, his father was supposed to be left back there. So now he dies, so Abraham is able to enter the promised land. The promised land of Israel is going to be right here in our room. It's going to be in this little area right in here. I'm going to make it go to about here, okay? So this will be the land of Israel. It'll be a little bigger than it normally would in a map this size. It's only about the size of New Jersey, but it's kind of like the belly button of the world. Like the world always is looking at what is Israel thinking, what is Israel saying, what is Israel doing? And the world has always turned toward this little nation, which is an amazing thing. And this little nation is surrounded by four bodies of water. So let's put them in the room. So stand up for me if you would right here and right beside we're going to circle these guys and say Sea of Galilee. Sea of Galilee. It's a beautiful body of water. You can have a seat. It's about seven miles wide by 14 miles long. I mean, it is absolutely spectacular. When you drive to Israel and you come over and you drive down from the north and you go down and you see this body of water surrounded by the Golan Heights and the mountain range, it's just absolutely stunning. Jesus spent much of his time here. His headquarters was in Capernaum at the northern part of the city right there on the Sea of Galilee. Absolutely stunning. Coming out of it is a 65-mile-long river. If you'll stand up for me here and here. And one more. And here. Let's make it 65 miles, okay? So we're going to do it like this, and we're going to say Jordan. Jordan. And that river flows out of the what? Sea of Galilee. Okay, have a seat. So that's two of the bodies of water. Now, where does the, where does the Jordan River end up? It ends up here. Stand up here and here and here. We're going to put our circle around these guys and say, congratulations, you are the Dead Sea. Okay, so put a circle around them like this and say Dead Sea. Dead Sea. Okay, have a seat. Dead Sea is amazing. It's the lowest spot on the face of the earth, lowest, uh, so, so far below sea level. And it's almost becoming two seas today because of evaporation, and it's losing about 18 inches a year. And this part, this, this part here down in the south is really the resort area. And this part up here in the north is really the area that's just kind of barren. And what they're trying to do is pump water out of this part so people will still come to the resorts who are down here in this part. They're pumping the water here, and they're filling more water up back into here. And they're trying to man-make it so it won't become two seas today. 
But when I was in the Dead Sea, I actually went swimming in the Dead Sea. You really don't really swim. You just kind of lay on top of the water. You can read a newspaper. Just lay back on the Dead Sea, and you can just kind of roll right on top of it because it's so buoyant. Nothing lives in the Dead Sea. You come out with kind of oily stuff all over you, and you have to shower before you can get back in your hotel. Now, that's the three bodies of water that are over here on the eastern side. On the western side is a massive body of water. It's where cruise ships go and come today. It's called the Mediterranean. So when I mark you out, when I put my hand up here, watch carefully. I'm going to start in the back corner of the room here, and I'm going to make a line like this all the way down to here. If you're on that side of that line I just drew, put your hand in the air. Wave it to these people over here. You're the waves of the Mediterranean. Look at there. Hey, how are you? Okay, so what's the massive body of water called there? What are these three bodies of water called here? What's this first one? Sea of Galilee, Jordan River, Dead Sea, Mediterranean. And in the middle is the land of what? Israel, this beautiful land. I've been there three times. It's a fascinating place to see. When you see the stories of where they actually occurred in the Bible, and it just opens up the Scripture so much. And I would love to challenge you guys, if you ever have a chance to go to Israel once in your life, make that kind of a long-range plan and goal. And who knows? God may allow you to see that one day. It's one of the most fascinating places I have ever, ever seen. Okay, now we've got all the things in the land that's supposed to be there. Now, remember, God said, I'm going to give you a son to Abraham. They got into the land, and all of a sudden, he looked at Sarah, 95. Mayo Clinic said, she can't have kids. And so, they look, how, how is this going to work out? Well, he thought he would take matters in his own hands. According to the law of Hammurabi, which was the legal code of the day, uh, if wife was barren, you could take her handmaid in and have a child with her. That might be fine according to the law of Hammurabi, but it wasn't God's plan. Do we ever rush ahead of God's plan for our lives and try to work out things in our own way? I am great at this. If I don't have an open door from the Lord, I'll tend to just do this. Bam! And just kick it open. And then realize I shouldn't have done that. I should have waited. My favorite scripture is not wait patiently upon the Lord. That's not my favorite scripture at all. Well, Abraham thought, oh, I've got to get busy about this. I'm going to have a son. I mean, how to have a son. So Hagar did get pregnant. And she had a son. He was not the son of promise, but he was the firstborn son to Abraham. And his name was Ishmael. So take your left hand, put it on your left eye to help you remember I. Left hand, everybody do that. Left hand on left eye, left hand, left eye. And say Ishmael. Ishmael, okay? Now, lo and behold, Sarah did get pregnant. And she was so amazed when she was pregnant, she laughed out loud. And because she laughed out loud, that the Lord said that that will be the name of your son, which his name is Isaac, and his name means laughter. Didn't believe God. So take the right hand, right eye, right side of promise, and say Isaac. Who are the two sons of Abraham? Ishmael and Isaac. Now, these guys will grow up to form nations and people groups. Isaac, the Jewish nation. Ishmael, the Arab nation. You think any Jews and Arabs have had any conflict since this, that particular time? I grew up in Dallas, Texas. We played cowboys and Indians. We played us versus them and two people that were opposed to each other. That's what happened in the formation of these two nations. So you have Ishmael, Isaac, okay? Now let's see if we can go back and do this. Let's, let's go ahead and do the Sea of Galilee. Sea of Galilee, Jordan River, Dead Sea, Mediterranean. What's this? Israel. Circle the land here. Israel. And it kind of rhymes. Israel, Ishmael. Okay, here we go. Ready? Israel, 
Ishmael. Who's this guy? Isaac. Okay, let's all stand up and let's try the whole shebang. All right, here we go. See if you can get the whole thing so far. We're doing really, really good here. Here we go. Ready? Creation, fall, flood, 4,000 years, Ur, Persian Gulf, Saul, Sarah, Abraham, Lot, Terah, Tigris, Euphrates, Haran, Paradise. Now the geography. Sea of Galilee, Jordan River, Mediterranean. What's this nation? Israel, Ishmael, Isaac. Give yourself a little golf clap. Yeah, have a seat. All right. Abraham and Sarah die, and now Isaac grows up, and he is the son of promise, and he has twin boys. Anybody here a twin? Anybody have twins? Yeah. So twin boys are born. One is named Esau. One was named Jacob. And they were as opposite as you could possibly be. Esau was an outdoors guy, would have subscribed to Soldier of Fortune, better, you know, Field and Stream magazine. Jacob would have subscribed to Better Home and Garden, (laughs) Cooking Light. Um, He was a more HGTV guy. This guy's watching Spike TV over here, you know, Esau. But the Bible says that Esau was a profane man. In other words, he didn't care for the things of God. And there's an amazing thing in Scripture that even says this, speaking of these two boys later, it says that God would take away the first that he may establish the second. Because this man was profane. Even though he had rightful heir to be in the line as the firstborn son, he didn't take advantage of the opportunity he had, and he gave away his, his birthright by selling it to his brother, because he came in from a hunt one day, famished, and said, if you'd make me some of that stew, I'll give you my birthright. Birthright, birthright. I don't care. And so he asked for the birthright, and Jacob did, and he gave it to him. So now he had all the promises that were rightly belonging to the firstborn son. He traded it for a bowl of soup. That's a pretty bad trade that he made. He didn't do good on that. And then all of a sudden, well... Remember that Jacob, oh, I didn't give you the signs for Esau and Jacob. For Esau, rub the hair on the back of your hand. Remember, he's kind of a hairy guy. Say Esau and rub the smooth part of your face here and say, Jacob, if you have a beard, you can just rub right there. (laughs) Or some of you can just rub all the way back here. Just give me a smooth part of skin to remember he's a smooth mover. And his name was who? Jacob. Who's this? Esau. Who's this? Jacob. Okay. He was such a smooth mover, he went in with his mother and tricked his father, who was now getting very, very old and about to die. And he tricked him into giving him the blessing which belonged to Esau. When Esau found out that he had gotten that from his father, he was so ticked, he chased him and wanted wanted to kill Jacob for his life. Well, they end up reconciling later in the story, but he ends up going to found a group of people called the Edomites, Esau does, which is on the eastern side of the Dead Sea. And we'll talk about that more later in our seminar. But Esau founded a group of people who were really not believing much in the true God of Israel at all. And now you have this guy, Isaac. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. So you got four main events, creation, fall, flood, nation, people, first four people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And now Jacob grows up and he has 12 sons. But he has one son that's the favorite son, and his name is Joseph. And you remember that story. It's one of my favorite stories of all time, you know, of what happened to Joseph. He gets that box, he gets that coat, he opens it up, and the brothers don't have a coat, and he has a coat. You know what the coat really meant? The coat meant that he didn't have to go out and work in the field. 
like the other boys did. It was a symbolic type of a gesture given by the father to the favorite son. So in the morning at daybreak, the other 11 brothers would get out and go work in the fields. Oh, about 9.30, Joseph would get up, go down to Starbucks, have a latte, right out in the field and say, hey guys, how's things going today? It's going great. Daddy's favorite, daddy's pet. Here we are working and you're sitting around sipping coffee, wearing your jacket. He said, hey, I had a dream last night. You want to hear about it? Oh, yeah, we can't wait to hear your dream. He said, there was these sheaves of wheat, and they all bowed down to this one big thing in the middle, and I think I was the one in the middle. (laughs) Isn't that a great dream? And they called him this dreamer. They got so ticked at Joseph, they ended up ripping off his beautiful coat, dipping it in animal blood, putting Joseph in a pit, and selling him into slavery to Egypt when he saw some Midianite slave traders come by. And Egypt is all the way around the Mediterranean Sea, way back in that portion of the room. And it's going to be, to me, Egypt's going to be represented by a sir in the navy blue shirt right there. Would you please stand for me? Yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. Stand up. Yeah, that's great. What is your name? Josh? Josh? Scott. Okay, Scott, give me this little Egyptian look here, Okay. <laughs> That'll help us remember that Scott represents Egypt there. Walk like, can you walk like an Egyptian? I don't, I don't, we're not going to try that right now. But we're going to have Egypt. So what, what happened was they took Joseph back there. So say this now. Say, Joseph, make that coat. Joseph, put your hand back there and say, Egypt. So off to Egypt he goes. You can have a seat, Scott. Now, while he's there, uh, once again, God's favor shines upon this guy. And things just begin to happen to Joseph. He's falsely accused of molesting this woman and thrown into prison, but he didn't do it. And while he's in prison, he interprets the dreams for the Pharaoh's butler and baker who were in prison with him, and they were correct. And then Pharaoh has a troubling dream. He says, who can interpret this? And the guy that got out said, hey, there's a guy in prison with me. He can do dreams. He can interpret dreams. They brought Joseph out, and he talked about a universal famine that was going to hit the world. And if we'll prepare now, we will be the breadbasket for the world. And Pharaoh trusted Joseph and placed him as second in command of all of the Egyptian kingdom. Well, back at home, the famine hits. The brothers have nothing to eat. Uh, The father thinks Joseph's dead because they showed him the coat. And they say, go down to Egypt. I hear there's grain in Egypt. So off they go. And when they get there, lo and behold, who do they see giving out grain? It's Joseph. He knows them, but they don't recognize him. He talked about good news, bad news when he revealed himself. Hey, guys, guess what? What? I am Joseph. Probably had that snake thing hanging on his chin and gold and no shirt on, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, Joseph. Yeah, good to see you, Joe. Man, we've been missing you. How you been? He could have snapped his fingers and turned them into a Happy Meal with fries. <laughs> but he didn't. And I love this verse. It's in Genesis 50. It's my favorite verse in the entire Old Testament. When Joseph looked at these scoundrel guys and said this, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. The next time something is whirling around your life, it looks like absolute evil. It looks like Satan has come to do his job description to your life to steal, kill, and destroy from you. And that's happening to your life and in your world. And it looks like evil. Remember this, all things work together for good to them that love God, that are called according to his purpose. God can turn that evil for his good and his glory maybe later on, maybe not even in this lifetime. 
But he can do that and he will. You hang on to that verse when it looks like you're just hanging on by a thread. It seems to be like evil swirling around me, but God means it for good. You remember that promise today. Well, he goes back and he gets all of the Jews. He says, go back, brothers, and bring all of my father's family and I'll take care of you here. And we'll have plenty to spare for all of you. And so here's the sign for Jews. It's this hat. You go to Israel today, you get this yarmulke. Some of the holy sites that you go in that are Jewish and strongly Hebrew, you have to have these little paper hats you put on. Of course, the salesman there will sell you these real pretty ones. And you can wear those in there too. And so this is the sign for Jew. Just putting your hand on your head. I did not bring enough of these for you. But I would just simply, you can say Jews. And then take them to Egypt and say Egypt. Here's how long they were in Egypt. Stretch your hands and say 400 years. Let's all stand up. We'll do it one time. We'll be done. Oh, the book of Genesis, 50 chapters, four main events, four main peoples. Here we go. Ready? Creation, fall, flood, nation, 4,000 years. Ur, Persian Gulf, Sarah, Abraham, Lot, and Terah. What rivers? Tigris, Euphrates, Heron. What happened here? Paradise. Now geography. Sea of Galilee, Jordan River, Dead Sea, Mediterranean, Israel. What rhymes with Israel? Ishmael, Isaac, Esau, Jacob. Who's this guy? Joseph, Egypt. He came back for the, all the way to Egypt. How many years? 400 years. Give yourself a big hand for learning the book of Genesis so well today.